0: Welcome into another edition of J-Man Sports Podcast. Glad to be here with you today. Um, coming up on the pod, we will be discussing the two named quarterbacks on the trade market. And also, one of my favorite days just passed, and I want to talk a little bit about... Just a little bit about it. Um, But first, I want to remind you to stick connected to our social media pages. Facebook, J-Man Sports, Instagram, J-Man Sports Podcast, and Twitter, at J-Man Sports Pod. Growing up, I learned that it it, it takes a big person to admit when they're wrong, right? It's it's very difficult. We live in a society where it's very difficult to admit when somebody is wrong. Well, I can fully admit that I was completely wrong about uh, the Detroit Lions and about uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, You could basically throw out my take about how I did not believe the Lions would trade Stafford This season, I thought that they would just kind of ride out the rest of his contract. Last weekend, he decided to ask for um, for trade, and I I was shocked for a couple days. Like I just I read it, and I'm like, whoa, hello! And I'm seeing I'm breaking on Twitter, and I'm starting to read all these tweets, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! What? I did not see this coming. The Deshaun Watson one that happened a little bit later on in the week, yeah, you know, I kind of expected that to happen um, based off of all the information that I, that you were that, I, that anybody could read from any insider was he was very 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 unhappy in Houston. Now the one big thing that people and fans of both the Texans and the Lions have to understand is there's going to be a lot of rumors. And to me, you got to funnel it down to the the big insiders, because there's going to be a lot of the smaller insiders that are going to try to break the story first, and so there's going to be tons and tons and tons and tons of rumors swirling around, um, and I say that because being a Lions fan and being kind of in that Lions fan base, you're hearing a lot about ooh, what the Lions could get back in return and who the teams are and and all that fun jazz, but like I said, it, in all reality, there are going to be a lot of rumors, and so you kind of have to just filter them out. And to me, I trust guys like Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, um, those types, those those big name types, because they don't need the clicks. They don't need the attention, right? Some of these smaller guys, I said, they will need the clicks. They will need the attention. They want to try to break the story first. So, like I said, just filter out the rumors. And I'm going, and the reason why I say that is because there is a rumor. If you're a Houston Texans fan, they should scare you, and that is the fact that the Texans want to keep Deshaun Watson. Now, that's not really a rumor because their head coach came out and, 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 and in it. Their, their new head coach, Mr. Cully, came out, and he said that uh, the reason why he came to Houston was because of Deshaun Watson being the quarterback. And so he expects Deshaun Watson to be. The quarterback for the future of this of this franchise, that should scare you, because you have a, you have your fran you have a young franchise quarterback who's not happy, who didn't want this GM, did not want this head coach, and now wants out clearly wants out, and then your head coach and and, and your front office and and your ownership are like well, but we really want to keep him, but that, that just that that just smells bad, like the Houston Texans. Right now, there there are some poorly run franchises, and it's funny because both the Lions and the Texans have been those franchises that have been poorly run. The Texans, are, right now, are the most poorly run franchise. There was no head coach that wanted that job, none, N- not one. With the whole, with, with what happened, uh, with the whole GM search, no head coach wanted that job, none. Unless you were an up and coming head coach, they they ended up hiring um, the Ravens. Former wide, uh, former wide receivers coach for the Ravens um, who was 65 years old. Okay, not, 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 no offense, but he's not a spring chicken anymore. Not really, you can't really call him an up-and-coming head coach. Um, so yeah, nobody wanted the job. And so this, to me, screams dysfunction. And, and there have been reports out before about the dysfunction in the Texans front office. But this this is just outwardly pouring it out. This whole how how this has all played out, with them saying that they want Deshaun Watson to be a part of the new GM search, the new um, head coach search, and he gave suggestions and they didn't even take those suggestions. They hired the GM without even discussing it with them. Like this is this isn't like James Harden, right? James Harden asked for all these players, asked for these coaches, asked for all the stuff, got it from the Houston Rockets, and then didn't do anything with it. Deshaun Watson was approached by the team and was told by the team that he was going to have a say, and then he just, whatever he said, they went with the opposite. So, I mean, like, mm, it just smells like dysfunction. If I was a Houston Texans fan right now, I'd be very nervous about how they move forward with Watson. They can get an absolute haul for Deshaun. But I don't know if I necessarily trust this team in in doing that. Now I'm really bad at at like valuing trades and and doing the whole hypothetical trade. Like, ooh, could you get a first round pick, second round pick, third round pick from this team for this for for this player? I'm really bad at doing that. I I, I never know where the line is about like too far or too much or not enough. And yeah, I'm I'm always. I, I'm either too much or not enough And when it comes to the NFL baseball. I can understand the value system, but when it comes to draft picks, I used to be able to be fairly decent, but now draft picks are very highly coveted and people don't give them out like candy anymore. So, um, I'm really bad at that, but both, both teams, both the Lions and Texans, they both have one need and that is draft capital. They need as much draft capital as what they could get. Now, if, if, if the reports are true with the whole San Francisco 49ers and, and, and Matthew Stafford, and them offering multiple uh, day two picks, second round and third round picks, I wouldn't necessarily hate that, but the 49ers don't have a second round pick this year. So I would be a little bit concerned with that because um, the Lions only have five picks this year. The Texans don't have a first round pick or a second round pick this year. So you need as much draft capital as what you can get. Now, everybody wants Deshaun Watson. Every, every team would want Deshaun Watson, right? Twenty-five years old, top ten quarterback, arguably top five quarterback right now. Coming off this, coming off a season where he threw for the most passing yards when basically he had no no weapons on the outside. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? Um, but I have a feeling like the market for Stafford is going to be teams that wanna win right now. The market for Deshaun Watson is gonna be teams that, yeah, wanna win right now, but they also have a little bit longer window to win because because of his age and because of his contract. Because of, again, he's signed through 20, Watson signed through 2025. Stafford only has two years left on his deal. Right, so if you're a team like Miami or if you're a team like the New York Jets, right, for Miami, their window kind of their window opened this year. I don't think they expected it, but their window opened this year, so they've got a three, four, five-year period where they where, you know, they want to try to compete. And the Jets, though that window has not opened, you get if you could get a guy like Deshaun Watson, you already have you you still have the draft capital to give the Texans without having to give up the entire future. And you add a couple weapons on the outside, you add a couple weapons on the on, on the defensive side, you can build a pretty competitive team. And then your window can open in about a year, and you can run into a lot of success down the road in a very competitive division. Whereas if you're a team like Indianapolis or San Francisco or Dallas, right, you you're out your your window is now. Your window is going to be in the next two, maybe three years, and then and then your window's gonna close. Well, Stafford. Only is going to be there for two years. He's a thirty about a thirty plus million dollar cap hit these next two seasons. Deshaun Watson, fifteen million this year, very very reasonable, but then it goes up to forty million next year. So again, you kind of are seeing again teams that want to win now are going to be a little bit strapped for cash. Teams that have a little bit longer window, they're going to have a little bit more cash to play with. So I know a lot of Lions fans were, a little, were 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 concerned when Deshaun Watson entered the market, and all of a sudden, oh well, it's going to diminish what what we can get for Stafford. I I I don't see that happening because you're you're, you're dealing with teams that are going to be at, at different levels. Yes, everybody wants Deshaun Watson. If if you're the Cowboys, if you're the 49ers, if you're the Colts, yeah, you want Deshaun Watson absolutely. But in two years when your window is closed, you're not going to want Deshaun Watson after that and you're not going to be able to trade him. Whereas a team like Miami who's still going to be competitive in two years, three years cause that's what they're hoping for, um, you can you can absorb that 40 plus million dollar cap hit um, and still try to field a competitive team. And again if you're the Jets you can do the same thing. Now if you're in the Houston Texans it's funny. Both these teams, so they're similar in the sense that they need a lot of draft capital, not just for this year, but for for future years as well. But I look at the Houston Texans, and for some reason, when I look when when I think about their suitors, and I think about Miami, and I think about the Jets, so the the two biggest ones in my opinion, if if the if the Dolphins offer Tua, and if the Jets offer Sam Darnold, right, you're getting. Relatively young QBs. Again, uh, Darnold only been in the league for three years. Tua only one. You have to start asking yourself: Are are the five guys in the draft that you're going to have a shot at drafting? Because Trevor Lawrence is not going to have a shot at drafting. Are Field, Wilson, Lance, Jones, and, and and Kyle Trask? Are they better than Tua? Are they better than Sam Darnold? And I argue no, because Tua and Darnold both have NFL experience now. McDonald is coming up to the end of his rookie deal, so that's where they're going to run into some issues with that. Um, but I kind of look at, at at the Texans kind of go if, if one of these teams these teams then don't have to necessarily offer the entire future; they can offer you a young quarterback, they can offer you um, draft capital for now and for next year's draft, and you could be set for your franchise for the next few seasons as you go about this rebuild. For the Lions, I look at it a completely different way. The Lions, I look at it and go, no team that you're going to be dealing with, like, again, Dallas, Indianapolis, San Francisco, Denver, they're not going to offer you a young quarterback. So they got going to offer you more draft picks, and you're going to look at those five guys, and you're going to try to see, you're going to try to pick who, is, who do I think is the best amongst those five guys. So I think these teams are in, a, are in the same boat, just on different ends. Again, I think, I think if, you're, if you're the Texans, you have to try to coax a young quarterback out of a team that you're going to trade with. Again, I say Miami, I say the New York Jets, but New York Giants could, could very well want a guy like Deshaun Watson, right? And they could offer Daniel Jones and a plethora of picks. Um so to me you have to you have to if you're the Texans, you have to try to get a young quarterback along with picks. Whereas if you're the Lions, you your main absolute concern has to be draft capital. It's funny to say this, but I actually have more faith in the Lions than I do the Texans. The Texans, like I said like I mentioned before, I just I I figure that the It smells like dysfunction in their organization. It just does. Again, you've got the front office and coaching staff and and, and, and ownership that want to keep Watson, and Watson doesn't want to stay. And there's been a lot of stories written about just kind of the inner workings of that organization. And I just, I don't trust them making decisions. I don't really trust the Lions making decisions either, but the people that they've been able to bring in, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, you know what? Again, I have no idea about those guys. But it's the other guys that they've been able to bring in. A guy like John Dorsey, who's been a GM before. A guy that I wanted the Lions to to bring in as their GM. Because why? He is a quarterback evaluations like guru. He brought in Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He was the director of college scouting in Green Bay when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Um, he brought uh, Patrick Mahomes to Kansas City. He brought Baker Mayfield to uh, to Cleveland. So... Like I said, I, I like what the Lions are doing, and I absolutely dislike what the Houston Texans are doing. So if, if I'm a Lions fan, in which I am a Lions fan, I'm like kind of excited. Like what can you get? And I'm like kind of excited about the future. If I was a Houston Texans fan, I'd be very, very concerned. I would take up biting my nails because I just, that that organization is dysfunctional. And I, do, I think they're clueless. I, I, I really do. It, it goes back to the DeAndre Hopkins trade last year. Why The theory made sense. The theory of trading DeAndre Hopkins made sense. It's what you got back for him. Like The reason why I, I, I agreed when when uh, when the Raiders decided to trade Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack was because they got first-round picks for them, for both those players. I mean, the, the picks that they selected haven't necessarily worked out. But they got picks for them, and they got a plethora of picks for them. What the uh, what what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins was peanuts. And on top of that, you add the Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills tree, where you gave up your future for the for two guys that weren't worth that. Like Laramie Tunsil was maybe worth one first round pick, but it wasn't worth giving up multiple first round picks. Wasn't worth giving up second round picks. It wasn't that trade was not worth that. And so. Again, I thought it was had to be with 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 Bill O'Brien being the the GM and the and the head coach, but I, I it's just it's 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 all the way from McNair down. It's it's just it's dysfunctional, and it's and again, if I were a Texas fan, I'd be very 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 scared. All right, coming up after the break, we are going to to discuss one of my favorite days that just happened this past week. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the day in itself, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Stay tuned. Ron John Swanson here. There's only two things I love in this world. One is any meat product, and the other is the J-Man Sports Podcast. They talk any and all things sports. And you can download their podcasts wherever and whenever you want, I would suggest that you listen to that podcast, or don't. I'm not a beggar. Alrighty, welcome back. Um, so there's a lot of days that I look forward to during the year. I, I will admit, I do like one my birthday. I always look forward to my birthday. Uh, it's not really a large event, but I, I you know I always look forward to it. And I think as I get older, I'll probably won't look forward to it. Um, but like Thanksgiving, I said I always look forward to Thanksgiving. Christmas, oh I love Christmas. You know, I might be in my 20s, but man, I still. Other than this year, this year I didn't. But every other year, I've made a list for Christmas. I love, I love opening presents. I love spending time with family. I love doing all that stuff. So, so I I love Christmas. Um, I look forward even to Easter every year, just because I like spending time with family. Um, also, uh, May long weekend. It's kind of a random, kind of a random weekend. Um, but I always look forward to it because the last three years, my cousin and I have gone up north. To open up my grandparents' cottage, and it—I honestly have a blast doing it. I—I—I um, I, I love it. And, and when it, every year, when it comes to an end, I start to look forward to the next year we get to do it again. Like I just—I don't know. I—I I love doing it. It's—it a—it is a fun time. I love—I love the movies, the dialogue. I love going fishing and absolutely not catching anything. I like—I love—I—I I, I love it. It's—it's. Uh, it's, It's a whole lot of fun um and there's another day that um happens earlier on in the year that i that i always look forward to and it's um because this day is to help try to end stigmas and to start conversations and 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 that is bell let's talk day it brings awareness to mental health and it wants to help start those difficult conversations from those who who, who are suffering from mental health and those um, and, and and it also wants to help to end end that negative stigma that people have, right Because people believe that you know basically everybody has mental health, right? We uh, mental health issues, right? Like everyone hears the statistics that one in five people uh, nowadays um, um, suffer from a mental health um, disorder or mental health issue. Um, and then one in every two, people over the age of 40 either have or have suffered from a mental health disorder or mental health um, issue. Um, And so basically everybody just thinks that, well, um, you know, that means we need to have this sort of culture of, like, we can't yell at anybody, we can't tell anybody the truth, we have to, like, sugarcoat everything and all this stuff, and people just say, oh, well, you're just feeling sad and all this kind of negative stigma that's around it and this day is, to, is, is, is used to kinda, of, or what I believe it's used for, is to kind of hit that reset button and to kinda of remind people that number one um, that we are all human beings. Like at the root of everything all the things that separate us, genders, ethnicities, religions, job titles, paychecks, education, all those things that separate us don't matter because we're all human beings we all have battles that we have to go through we all have issues that we have to deal with and we all suffer and nobody should have to suffer alone nobody not one single person should ever have to suffer alone. and number two is reaching out like I annoyingly reach out to people I do Um, I I I believe in reaching out Um, I I appreciate when people reach out to me doesn't happen all that doesn't happen a whole lot but I I really appreciate when people reach out to me as well um because you know what? It it it. You never know what people are going to be going through year to year, month to month, day to day, week to week. Doesn't matter. You have no idea what somebody is going through, and just a simple you know start of a conversation, simple hi can can actually go a very long way, and it's something that takes a couple seconds to do. So, um, like I said, I annoyingly do it. I don't apologize for it because I I like I like the conversation. Plus. A lot of times I do it because I want to clear my own head, and so just talking to somebody who doesn't know anything about what's going on in my life and just asking them about their life is that it helps me clear my head, too. So that's another reason why I enjoy doing that. Um, But I was a little bit concerned this year. Now, I don't have the statistics with me. I have no idea. But it seemed like this year there wasn't a whole lot of, like, buzz surrounding it. Like, in years past, there's been stars from all over North America that have, that have you know, used the hashtag and, and, and retweeted a bunch of stuff because every time you use the hashtag, every time you text somebody, Bell Let's Talk, every time you call somebody, you watch their video, you share their video, um, Bell donates five cents to the Mental Health Research Society of Canada um, and, you know, helps to fund mental health. And a lot of people, like I said, this year just it, it it just didn't seem like there was a lot of buzz around it, and, I, and it was shocking because of the pandemic, right? Because, you know, people are at an increase of of anxiety, people are of an increase of stress, people are of an increase of depression and isolation, right? And so I was I I was kind of kind of thrown off guard, um, with with that, um, and. It got me a little bit concerned now. I think a lot. I think some of it has to do with the company of Bell itself. I mean, it's a different conversation for a different day. There are people that like Bell, people that don't like Bell. Um, again, different conversation for a different day. I don't think it's about the company. I think it's just about what the day stands for. Um, but I, I'm starting to think that people, the the initial kind of coolness about it. Is starting to wear off. It started. It started years ago, um, and it, it just, it, like I said, it gained traction. Gained traction. It was, it was a thing just in Canada, and then it went over and it spilled over into the states. And I remember Ellen DeGeneres tweeted about it, um, and other celebrities were were tweeting about it in, in in past years about about Bell. Let's talk and retweeting and and getting all of of their fan base to kind of get on board with it. But I, I, I am a little bit concerned that people just are putting off, you know, uh, mental health. This is very important. Like, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. It is. Because if you have a, if you have a positive mindset, you can get a lot done. You can do a lot. You can you can you you can accomplish many things that you want to accomplish, but it's when you have that negative mindset that's when that's when you get more anxious. That's when the depression hits in. That's when you start feeling isolated, and things start to snowball. And so mental health is, is, is very 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 important. It's very important for me too. Like just it, I guess maybe I hold it near and dear to my heart because I know of people that have suffered from mental health. Um, illnesses and, and, and mental health disorders and, and mental health issues, and so maybe that's why I I am more about this day. But I'm just I I will admit I'm a little bit concerned, and I and I really I really really hope that that's not the case, and that it is just having to do with the pandemic, and people have got some other things going on. Um, but that's what I'm kind of hoping it is. But like even 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 me. Like, this is going to sound really petty. But I I posted about it. I posted about kind of what it reminds me about on my own personal page, on on my Instagram and and my Facebook page. And I didn't get as many responses and I didn't get as many um, um, reactions as what I I guess I thought that I would. Um, and And then I started going on social media. Throughout the day I was on social media and I was just noticing there wasn't all of the traction that I was used to seeing it's kind of started to filter like a lot of a lot of the the, the hockey organizations got, in, got involved and, and, were, and were using the hashtags and, and, and all of that but it, it, it just seemed like it took a step back this year and I, like I said I, it's something that I hold near and dear to my heart and I really and honestly hope that people understand the mental health is very very important and I mean it also made me realize that I have to do more like, I have to step up. I have to step up in my advocacy for mental health. Like just, I do, because this is something that I care about. Um, and so I, I need to do a better job, I think, at, at, at voicing my advocacy for it. And I think other people need to do that as well. And I, I hope that people aren't just putting it on the back burner. I mean, if that's the case, that, that's the worst, if that's what people are doing, that's okay but just understand that just throwing your mental health and throwing other people's mental health to the back burner isn't healthy. It just, it really isn't. And again, whether you like the company or you don't like the company bell, that's a different conversation for a different day. It's about whether you care about supporting and, and, and whether you are about supporting other people and, and helping yourself and other people go through very difficult times in their lives. So like I said, I was, I, was, I, I was a little bit concerned when I kind of saw, now again, I have no, no statistical, analysis like nothing, I have no statistic, maybe it was up this year and I am just flabbing my gums for no reason, wasting my breath. But I just, like you said, mental health for me is very, very important. And I just, I kind of want people to be aware of how important it is. And that's why I always look at Bell Let's Talk Day as a day that's very, very important for me. It's a day that I, I, that I always, always, always look forward to and probably will always look forward to for the foreseeable future. So I just thought I should, should voice my advocacy for mental health right now. I want to thank you are listening and supporting this podcast. And don't worry, you definitely will be hearing from me soon. Thanks.